Hey everybody, it's Lori with the Catch a Pocket Podcast. Thanks everybody for listening so far. We've gotten a lot of shares out there. I'm trying to put everything on YouTube as well, but I've taken a little break here if you haven't noticed. Um, probably didn't. But I've taken a little break and kind of recollected and thought I needed a little bit of rest over the holiday season, which I've done and hibernation is now over. So, back to work. Let's get some good guests on here tonight. Episode 19, I think is an excellent guest. His name is Wayne Godstein. He's an awesome guitar player. He is a guitar god of Wichita, one of them. And he is just an exceptional human being. Um, he's my It's my pleasure to be his friend. And I'm very honored that he came on to the show. And shared a little bit of himself with you. I hope you guys enjoy it and catch a pocket with him. I'm going to start the episode tonight with a song from the latest Split Lip album, On My Way. And the song is called All Alone. Give it a listen and then keep on listening to the interview with me and Wayne Godstick. Thanks. Walking down my street, I follow them until it's getting running. I whisper evil sentiments, I poke them on the way.
is. So we're here with Wayne Gottstein from Split Lip Rayfield. And um, let's just start with the beginning as a child. You know, were you born here in Wichita? I was actually born in Wichita in, in between the assassination of Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy. Wow, that's a really difficult time in in history for yeah. everyone. I just read a book last year about 1968 mm-hmm. and the turmoil that was that yeah. was happening. It was... The race riots and all that stuff. Just a crazy year. The Tet Offensive. The, mm, yeah. You know, the, yeah, it's crazy how all that stuff kind of... It's like a combustion happened at that point it in was. time. Yeah. It's just... It's really interesting to me. And right now we're celebrating the uh, moon landing. Yeah, the 50th year. So I was... It, you know, like 14 months old yep. when we land on the moon. So I don't remember, but looking back and seeing all the news, it was, you know, incredible in that time during all that turmoil right? that all these people came together for this right. fantastic achievement. It is a fantastic achievement. It's really interesting to me. I, actually, because it came up, I decided to, you know, become a member of KPTS and I never was before, but that way I could get the passport and watch all the shit. So, I'm a nerd. So, there you go. That's fantastic. So, you were born in Wichita, and it was uh, during a really pivotal time in America, uh, just changing of cultures. And um, did you go to elementary school at one or several elementary schools? I went to several elementary schools. I went to Payne Elementary first, Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. I was known as Wayne the Payne. Wayne the Payne at Payne. Yeah, because we lived a block away, and I was a crazy child, Mm -hmm. you know. I would tell my, I would tell people, I would go talk to strangers. Okay. I would tell them my dad's an astronaut. You know, <laughs> was he an astronaut? He was definitely not an astronaut. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say. Then I would also, you know, stand on my porch when they, you know, this is when I was like four, before mm-hmm. I went to school. And yeah. the kids would be. Going to school? Coming back from school. Okay. But I was a late sleeper then, <laughs> too. I was, Even now. I've always been a night person. Good. I would stand on the porch and yell at them and. Mm-hmm. My mom would say, you have to go to school with these kids next year. Yeah. I was like, so the first year I got beat up a lot. Oh, okay. And, uh, you took it for, for all the shit you talked when, yeah. You were, yeah. when they were coming home. But I dished some out, too. Yeah. So. Oh, good for you. Yeah. So. <laughs> and so then after several schools in pain, um, being the probably the one you stayed at the longest, pain. Well, I was there at pain for three years. Then I went to McCollum Elementary, mm-hmm. which was... My best elementary school experience. Yeah, McCollum. You know, that's a cool McCollum, school. Yeah. yeah. My fourth grade teacher was Mrs. Johnson. It was fourth uh, grade, so. Yeah, third and fourth grade. And, you know, she was the first teacher to be like, hey, you're a good speller. Well, she encouraged you, yeah. so she kind She's of like, keep on life. spelling. All right. All right. <laughs> Are you still a good speller? I'm a, I'm a reasonable speller. Good. Yes. That's good for her <laughs> and you. <laughs> so then junior high schools, did you move away? Did you stay? No, I went, to, I went to Mayberry Junior High all three years. Okay. And my idol there was Coach Morgan. Uh-huh. He was a fantastic coach. <laughs> what and did he teach? I mean, like, he was your PE He teacher? was my gym teacher. Okay. You know, and he... He was, just, was the track coach. Okay. I was on the track every year. Cool. Yeah, I like track. He was the basketball coach, although I never made the team. I was never a great basketball player, but I Me was either. a good runner. Yeah. yeah. Well, running is nice because you get out. Um, yeah. It hurts so bad that you get out of your head sometimes. Yeah. That's what I find. 
Um, so then in high school, did you go to... I went to West. West High. Wow, West. For, the Pioneers. Yes, for one year. And then we moved to the country. We moved to Atlanta, Kansas. Hmm, where's that? And then it's oh, 15 miles northeast of Winfield Lake. Okay. So cool. I went to Central of Burden. Uh, and how was that? Is that was high school? Yeah, so, that was my last two years of high school. So did you so enjoy was, that a lot then? It was kind of fun, you know. It took a while for people to get used to me because I was this crazy city kid. You know, mm-hmm. I came, went from very urban West High, mm-hmm. where we had, you know, four hundred people in my class. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then I went to Central Burden, which I graduated with twenty-two people. Wow. And That's to get those difference. 22 people, that school district, it's like 60 miles long. Oh, wow. It had, you know, kids from like w- Wilmot, five and these five. Atlanta, wow. Cambridge, Granola, Burden. To get the how many? 20? 22 graduating. 20. Oh, wow. So you, you didn't even go to school with all your graduating class. You just um, graduated with them all. In the one area, right? We like all went to the same school. Oh, you did? Yeah. Uh, but they, they were like living in outlier areas yeah, too. Yeah, you know, everybody was spread out over okay. 50 or 60 miles. Wow. So So that's cool. It brings you like a closer together sort of because you're in every class <coughs> together. Exactly. Yeah, there weren't, <laughs> there were, you know, there was a little bit of variety. And I actually spent my days, my junior and senior year on the yearbook staff Mm -hmm. so that was my first class of the day followed by graphic design okay which was in the same room that's cool followed by art which was in the same room (laughs) so that's great so you were artistic then did you play uh the guitar then or i started playing guitar when i was about 10 when you were 10 yeah um who got you your first guitar my mom did got me a cheap little guitar yeah you started plunking away was it electric or acoustic it was acoustic okay yeah and so, when you first started playing, did you play just regular rock songs you were hearing on the radio, or? Well, I got it, and I plunked around for a little while, and then I got involved with these two kids when I was going to Mayberry, um, Terry Henry mm-hmm. and David Kilgore, who are both still playing music around here. Yeah, I've heard of David Kilgore. And um, we had a little band, the Country Aces. Country Aces. So, I learned a lot from those two guys. Cool. The first song I learned was... Uh, Sloop John B. by nice. the Beach Boys. <laughs> cool. I like and the then Beach Boys. Proud Mary. And eventually, you know, we kind of worked up a 12, 15 song set. Okay. So that was here in Wichita. So when you were playing pretty much when you were out there, moved to the country then. I was practicing all the time then because right. after school, which I never missed school because that's where the people were. Because <laughs> <laughs> there weren't any people yeah, anywhere. Yeah, because we lived two and a half miles away from Atlanta. So our nearest neighbor was like a mile away. Wow, And yeah. she was 90, so she didn't want to hang out with me much. <laughs> <laughs> Can you blame her? <laughs> but yeah, so I practiced a lot of guitar in my, you know. Right. Teenage years. So you were just in in the room with the guitar and um, an amp or something and playing some songs? Or did you graduate to an electric by then? Uh, Yeah, I had an electric by then. Okay. So you were into getting into major rock. Yeah, I was was getting into rock, but I've always liked all different kinds of things. Even when I was a teenager, I, I liked Willie Nelson, but then I also liked Iron Maiden. Cool. Yeah, me too. I had little makeshift bands. Mm Mm-hmm that like every every like homecoming and you know school event like that they would have these talent shows mm-hmm, like sure. 
you know, every three months or so. And so I'd put together a band. For the for, talent For show. those talent shows. And put a couple songs together. We'd put some songs together. And yeah. we'd, we'd rock out. Uh, and a lot of times I was in all-girl bands except for me. You know, I yeah, had this, that's cool. this great drummer, Hillary Jenkins, uh-huh. would play drums. And this girl, Dallas Van Sickle, who was the art teacher's daughter, she played keyboards. She was a real good piano player. That's cool. That sounds and like a cool band. So we would learn, you know. Drums, three, keyboard, and a, and a guitar. Yeah. Three piece. Yeah, that way, you know, she could do the bass line on the keyboards. Sure. And, that's and, really uh, cool. So we'd work up three or four songs. and. Did you ever win? Well, it wasn't a contest, but yes. It was... It, it wasn't won. a contest, but we won. <laughs> totally won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in your heart, you won, or just you just won? We just we yeah. just won. Who walked And away? then, um, really, my first exposure to bluegrass was back then, and one of the talent shows, me and a kid, Kirk Womax, he was a fine banjo player as a teenager, mm-hmm. and we ended up, like my senior year, doing a couple of songs together for those. And Were you flat picking? I was kind of flat picking. Yeah, as like makeshift flat picking. Makeshift flat picking, yeah. Okay, like uh, you didn't not traditional. You didn't mostly, have someone show you how you. He just was kind of, uh, well. I just played the rhythm part, mm-hmm. and because he, he was, was doing you know the band, we did like foggy foggy mountain breakdown. Oh, okay, and he was a fine banjo player, so I was you know You're I've always been happy just to play rhythm if if that's you know what I needed to do. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so you got into. Kind of opened the door for bluegrass, and um, so then after high school, you graduated. Did you go on to college? I went to Cali County Community College. Okay, I got a journalism scholarship. Cool. And you were a writer for the paper or something for this magazine, The Pulse. Okay, we put out this like monthly magazine. Mm-hmm. I was the photography editor. You liked photography? Do yeah. you still? I still do. Yeah. yeah, but I haven't had a dark room or. A, Use right. black and white film in a long time. Me either. But I like that. I, I really did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I did that. And that actually led to my second real bluegrass experience was I went to go cover the Walnut Valley Festival. Oh, cool. So you went to the Walnut Valley as a as, journalist. As a journalist. Okay. For That's the first awesome. time. So. So the first time I go there, I have a press pass, a photo pass. So the very first time I go there, I am this far from Doc Watson. Get out. That's so cool. (laughs) You know, one of the pictures I took of Doc Watson was in the National Collegiate Contest, and I got a second place with that. That's sweet. So, Did he give you a lot of inspiration while you were there? Well, I was pretty impressed with him. Yeah, I would say. He's, He's pretty impressive. But I spent this whole day down in the the photo pit and it was doc watson and it was new grass revival awesome. and it was hot rise which then later turned into they, tim o'brien they went backstage and came back out as red knuckle red on the trail Knuckles. and yep. which i was totally blown away that's cool yeah by, by those guys and i was like well this bluegrass music that's cool though that you went and saw you covered the walnut valley festival when it was at its i think premium musically for, uh, it's for the bands for the, coming in. Yeah, for the stage shows. Yeah, the I stage agree. shows. Yeah. Mike Cross was playing. Yeah. And he was a witch. Right. You know, I don't know if you remember Mike Cross. I don't. He did solo shows, and he would put this microphone on the ground and use that. Oh, wow. As, yeah, I like that stuff. As the drums. Right. And, or as his beat. Right. And he was very impressive. So I went back the next year 
and then I discovered the wall or the pecan grove. The pecan grove. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. And so it's a whole nother thing. Spent all night after I took my pictures and worked on my story or whatever, and then I brought a guitar this time. I yeah, did, I didn't the first time. You just were working. The I was first just working. Time. I didn't yeah. didn't know anything but you about got the it. And then, you know, ended up jamming all night and just quitting school. Oh, yeah? yeah <laughs> just quitting like, Cali and yeah, saying, like, wait I'm a minute. Not, I'm done with this. I'm ready I'm to just start go, a band. I'm just going to start playing guitar. Yeah. So and then from I had there, bands going when I was at Cali. Not bands going. Um, but I did this weekly blues jam that mm-hmm. I would go to. I don't know if you remember Rob Dorman, Robert Dorman. Mm-hmm. Um, he was kind of my guitar mentor okay because he lived in guida springs okay and he was very encouraging and he would come pick me up and take me yeah to the blues jams night at the wagon wheel in yeah. arc city whoa <laughs> and so i did that the entire time that i was down there so i was playing lots of guitar and you were still living there in arc city or i was living in arc city yeah then i got a construction job in winfield so i moved to winfield okay and you stayed there for how long Two years. And you worked and went to the bluegrass? Yeah, I poured concrete and practiced guitar. And went and jammed at the wagon wheel? Yes, until they closed down and they got new owners. And <laughs> right. Didn't continue the jam blues night. Blues jam night? Yeah. Well, blues is cool, so. Well, it's accessible. It's a mm-hmm. good way to cut your teeth on learning guitar and playing with other it people. sounds really cool. Um, you know, you can make faces with you it. You can make lots of faces. Totally. <laughs> It's mostly about faces. It is. To me, it is. I'm yeah. A, but, uh, God, I'm sorry. That's terrible. Uh, okay, so then you moved to Wichita? Actually. Actually. Actually, after, you know, no. I practiced a lot of guitar, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, my teenage years and the college action. Mm-hmm. Then I thought, I'm going to go to California. California. Okay, yeah. this sounds like a good story. Let's hear it. It was a failure. Oh, well, <laughs> most of them are. <laughs> so you go to California, so what I, part? L.A.? I, first I went to, I ended up in El Cajon because I had a family member Okay. that lived in El Cajon. Yeah. And since she might be listening to this, that didn't work out, but she was real sweet to have me. Yeah. And good for, so good for you. then I had a friend in Long Beach mm-hmm. and I went up to Long Beach and then you know I just brought clothes and my guitar and so I started going to jam nights okay anywhere I could find in just Long anywhere Beach you would or see anywhere that the bus could take me okay because I didn't yeah. have a car and I'd pair cowboy boots oh you and were I, my from... hair was super long <laughs> okay and everybody I met would call me Dorothy and they were like I didn't know they had long hairs in Kansas and I was oh. like yeah it's just down the road just me yeah we also have electricity we yeah. have houses with we have long hair yeah i know they don't think yeah. when you say you're from kansas i went to philadelphia they would say what do y'all eat in kansas we like, eat food like probably the best beef they're, around they're eating pizza hut pizza and they're asking me what we eat i'm like well actually well, pizza hut was originated on the wsu campus right so and you're eating wichita food yeah actually Anyway, actually, actually, so and so, <laughs> I did that. I stayed with this friend and went to all the blues nights, where I met this one drummer at a blues night, and he's like, "Hey, I like your stuff, man." Mm-hmm. 
And he's like, do you write songs? And I was like, hell yes, I do. And so awesome. we'll go, I go over and jam with his band. And they were pretty good. Yeah. Also, they were criminals. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> also, they were criminals. Yeah. How's this? Well, so we would do a song. And while we were doing a song, like a couple of degenerates would wander in. Mm-hmm. And then the drummer would take them into the back room. Mm-hmm. And then... Deal drugs? Yeah. Okay. And so then they would leave. We would jam a song. A couple other people would come in. It was in. a rotating... Yeah. And then they would go to the garage and he would sell them a VCR. Oh, okay. Because he had a stack of 100 VCRs that he had stolen. Uh, he was a robber in, by day and a drummer by night. Yeah. And a <laughs> meth dealer by whenever. Oh, shit. And so in his garage, they all lived in this house. And in the garage was this... All these bicycles that they'd stolen. Oh, my God. All these VCRs that they'd... Right. He's like, I don't know what the company was, but it was like a Best Buy or something. You know, <laughs> he's like, and we found this broke down Best Buy truck. Right. And we got into it and had like 100 VCRs in it. Sure. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Broke down. So I thought, I'm not going to jam with you anymore. Right. And I'm I getting just, ready to go to jail. I just kind of disappeared. I was, although they were all good players. Right. And we had some fun and... You know, I laid a couple of my tunes on them, and it sounded mm-hmm. real good. Okay. But I also, you know, didn't want to get caught up in it. Right. And you could have easily. Yeah. I mean, if you hang out. You are who you hang out with, basically. Exactly. So, you're so gonna... I didn't hang out with them. So then I went to some more jam nights, and I went to this acoustic jam night, mm-hmm. and I met this other cat, and... uh he was writing his own songs, and I was writing my own songs. Yeah. And we got done with the jam night, and he's like, come over to my place, and let's play some tunes. So I was like, hell yes. Well, he lived in a shed Uh-oh. behind these people's house, which is fine. Yeah, that's I mean, fine to live And in he a was shed. a real, you know, he was a nice guy. There were no drug deals went down. Mm-hmm. There was no stolen stuff. He just had this simple little shed. It was clean. Mm-hmm. He had this little pallet that he slept on, and a couple little chairs. <laughs> and we had this fantastic jam. Cool. Just magic. Right. And uh, he was super happy about it. I was happy about it. He was a good singer. We had good harmonies, you know, instantly. Right. And uh, what so was, he, did you decide to make a band out of that? Well, we had big plans that night. Uh-huh. And, you know, we had talked it up. And he's like, come back Wednesday and let's do it again. I was like, definitely. Yeah. So I came back Wednesday. I went around the back of the house and then somebody in the house comes out of the back like what are you doing i was like i'm looking for steve he doesn't live here anymore Uh, i ran him off and then so i never found the guy again oh you never found steve ever again no so that's too bad yeah did you ever find out what happened to steve i never did find out what happened to steve okay so then what happened so (laughs) then by this point i'd been in long beach for three or four months and was just having a hell of a time finding a job right and it was hard know, to find a job getting it together and you know getting i was 20 okay. it was pretty dumb yeah and i couldn't figure out how to you know talk to people well talking to people was all right but i i couldn't figure out the um you know how to get a california driver's license and right. how to you know nobody give you a job without a driver's license and i go to the driver's license place and i didn't have my birth certificate okay and there's all these stipulations things, yeah. yeah and so i had like a hundred dollars left right 
It was getting slim. It was getting slim, and I just rode back. You could buy a ticket for a hundred bucks or less. Yeah, Greyhound ticket, yeah. or whatever. And you came back to Kansas. Yes. Did you come back to Wichita? Actually, I had to go back to my mom's house in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and then I got a job putting metal roofs on buildings. Okay. Which was super fun. Yeah. Because you know it was slippery and hot. Because <laughs> it was slippery and hot, you could fall off, and you it's know, very dangerous. It was, you know, metal roofs are yeah. nice and cool on a summer day. Sure are. So yeah. I known for it. <laughs> did that for a summer. Mm-hmm. And hey, and and hated it, but made money. Yeah, hated it, but made money. And then, uh, then I got some other job at Plaza Rental. Mm-hmm. Like keeping up with stuff and. <clears throat> fixing stuff and cleaning drains. Party rental supply. Oh, okay. A, so you're just delivering par- tables. Yeah. So and what stuff they like do that. is they hire young people and work them 80 hours a week mm-hmm. until they mentally collapse, and okay. then they hire a new one. They, okay. They, yeah. So. So, but you're getting a big paycheck until you collapse, and then you collapse, and you're you're done for. Never yeah. To be. When you can never ever want to mess with party rental ever again right it was nothing to move like 500 tables in a day and go put up a tent and deliver all in one day yeah all in one day just (laughs) yeah no that doesn't sound fun (laughs) but i was ripped you know when i got done working there yeah i was in the best peak physical condition super good shape so i'd been back to wichita living in an apartment by myself but this job was all consuming Uh uh-huh and so I didn't really know anybody anymore. All my old high school friends from West, I didn't know where they were. Right. Yeah. All that. So, riding down the street one day. And on I a see bicycle? Or? On, in my car. In your car? Okay. Yeah. And then pulls up next to me and at the stoplight is Michael Carmody. Oh, cool. On a motorcycle. And I knew him from Cali County because we both went to Cali County sure, Community Sure, yeah, College, yeah. Where we didn't get along. Oh. Okay. I was super uptight and he was very jittery. well we don't agree all the time either but he's he's, he knows everybody and he knows everything about anything and so i see him and i was like hey michael carmody he's like hey wayne yeah and uh he's like come by my house and so i did yeah we played a little music and then all of a sudden i was in the sluggos awesome there you go well they they had a gig yeah and and uh, there and i had this pa and i said He's like, we're looking for a PA. And I was like, well, I have a PA, but I'll have to be in the band. <laughs> and so, like, the first real time I played with him cool. was at a little house party gig. Well, good, lucky for him, because you're a pretty damn good player, man. <laughs> it, it worked out. Yeah. So All right. That's cool. So then Sluggos lasted for quite some time, a little while. And then from there, you, how did... Uh, you know, how did you kind of evolve into other bands and things like that? Where where did it go from there? Well, the next up was Technicolor Head Rush. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, that was because Sluggos had played shows with Red Lizard. Mm-hmm. Oh, I left a band out. Okay. Don't don't leave a band out, man. <laughs> the Dead Sea Pedestrians. Who, who was that? When I was working at Plaza Rental. Okay. I had this band from some kids that, one kid I'd met at Cali. Mm-hmm. And then there was this high school kid playing bass. His name was Mitch Clay. Oh, Mitch. And totally. so Mitch and I, Became we've been jamming over 30 years with Mitch. 
Cool. And Mitch is like long hair, like heavy he metal. He was like man. long hair, heavy metal, but he was real open minded. He liked my yeah. songwriting. Cool. And uh, you guys meshed well, like friends. We meshed friends. Well. Yeah. 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 We've always been good friends. Cool. <clears throat> so there was the Dead Sea Pedestrians, and we played a couple of gigs. Yeah. And then. I was spending so much time in Wichita, and then the drummer had was going off to college or something, so it kind of fizzled out. But then Technicolor Headrest started out, and Kirk was like, "Dude, I want you to be my guitar player in my band." Right? Because like, he came from Red Lizard. Yeah. And uh, so he Red Lizard dissolved. Red Lizard dissolved, and I said, "I know a bass playing kid." Uh huh. And then I went and found Mitch Clay, uh-huh. and he was perfect for it. And then we had VJ Barrett, who's the drummer okay. of Van Gogh Soul. Okay. Yep. And you come then, all together. And we came all together. Technicolor Head Rush, yeah. and and you played a lot of times at uh, Michael Carmody's entrepreneurship. Oh, the uh, Juggernaut. Juggernaut. We were that we were to play that night that it got shut down. I never made it into the building. You didn't. And the, our band never played because the police shut it down because there was too like many people. Eight hundred. Yeah, it was a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I never made it into the into the bar. That's crazy. And I showed up with mm-hmm. my guitar and my amp and my stuff. Yeah. And it was you know, there's police everywhere. <laughs> they were chaos. Yeah, yeah. Kids were running out. Yeah. Like, don't tell my mom. <laughs> That's great. So then, from Technicolor Head Rush. Um, you know, then what? Then what for you from there? Did you? Well, then you guys played quite a quite a little while, like it was two or three years. Yeah, and we had a new drummer by the Juggernaut closing. Was that John? It was Nick. Nick. Okay. Yeah. So, so then, then I'd met John Azell. Mm-hmm. He was playing with Milo's Trance, and I was super impressed with his drumming. And so after Technicolor Head Rush, Mitch and John and I started this band. We never did any gigs, but it was called Hula Popper. Hula Popper? Yeah. Cool. And, and it was just a three-piece band? It or? was just a three-piece. And I wrote a bunch of what turned into Scrope Belly stuff with Hula Popper because okay. Scrope Belly was basically just Hula Popper. Because Kirk with, had actually started this band called Scrope Belly, right. which was an acoustic band uh-huh. with... Steve and Eric. Eric and Steve, and that's and, it, right? Dave and, and or Kirk? Oh. No, D- Dave. just the three piece. Yeah, just the three piece. Okay. And so he's like, "Let's merge our bands." <laughs> and so we. And that's exactly what he sounds like too. Let's merge our bands. Let's merge our bands. Man, this band would be so much better with your band too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we did that, and Scrub Belly was born, and. Okay, and from the Great Alaskan Holiday Album, this is Wayne Godstein with Scrope Belly from 1995. One more joke. Oh! 
And then other people had obligation or fell by the wayside or yeah. whatever. And and it became Scrobelly, you, Kirk, John, John Mitch. and Mitch. Yeah. Which was a great band. Just awesome. Um which became Split Prefield, really. I mean Exactly. It was yeah. the it was the birth of that. It was the, yeah, and it and what I mean, what was the drive behind making um music that was sort of bluegrass but also hard rock and and was it you know was it all of you kind of with your ideas or the songwriting that got that kind of going it was it was mainly songwriting driven Mm -hmm. um the thing with scrote belly is you know john had five kids Mm -hmm. um, and they were all school age they were all little and it was too much of a of a juggle for him, and mm-hmm. which is completely understandable. Yeah. And Jeff had made that gas tank bass, and he started taking it on the. He was our merch guy, but he was taking this bass on the road with him when we were. Yeah, he was experimenting with making that touring and right. You know, out playing shows. You know, like we played a Scrope Belly show uh, at Brownies in Manhattan in New York. Okay. And Jeff had bought his bass and. After the Scrope Belly show, we just went out in the street mm-hmm. with Split Lip. Like busking or? Kind of busking, yeah. yeah. And and they just like ate it up? Like They ate it up. I mean, we made like $100 in 45 minutes. The police came to watch. Yeah. And uh, Of course, it's New York. <laughs> people were tipping us beers. and, and We just had a hell of a time. It was, it was crazy. And so we were right outside the bar that we just played and there's... It was like the bloodshot showcase for mm-hmm. the 
CMJ okay. Fest. We're at CMJ. You were, it, it's kind of like the South by Southwest yeah. of um, New York, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so we were there. And and John Izell, who had the five kids, um, and and he was there. He actually wasn't there. Derek Etheridge. He had he had to you had to call in a replacement we had drummer to call in because he couldn't go Derek, there because he right? couldn't go because he was starting to get busy with his own life. Yeah. Okay. And so we had Derek Etheridge. Okay. Came and did those kind of things. Okay. And then he's a fabulous drummer, and he still lives in Wichita. Yeah. Um. Cool. Probably the most educated drummer I've ever like, played with. Like uh, educated as uh, no, musically uh, educated. Yeah, he might have a PhD in. You're talking about someone like even going further than that and having just the concepts, music concepts, and things like that. Well, yeah, just his, just his academic approach. I mean, he went to school for his percussion. Okay. And, you know, whereas I sat in my room to learn guitar. Right. That was. Scrope belly, and then it kind of is evolving into split lip. Did you, you took some time in between those a little bit? Yeah, you know things happen. You get on the road a long time. I always notice you need a break. You know you need a vacation from each other. So, so, it, and it's the same like with anything. If you do a hard project at home, you need a break. Exactly. You know? So you do. Yeah, you do. You started or founded split lip and signed with bloodshot too yeah so they just signed you like we're dissolving well, this they did the first this. album without me i wasn't on the first record you were working you were doing another thing i was i was doing another thing i had a two-year-old child at the yeah. time and, yeah and uh even which we love you know it's good seeing him grow up growing up on um pictures and things like yeah. that that i see so that's cool yeah he's 25 now and he lives in um providence rhode island rhode island yeah. i always want to say connecticut but it looks like a kind of like a farm or something or like a farm town i don't know well looks... he lived in hudson new york uh-huh. for a while okay which was a small town and he worked at this distillery in this like 150 year old barn yeah it looked really cool yeah it was and he bought a dog or something like that he he adopted a coon hound. Yeah. And and he's a pretty good dog. He's a real loving dog, but he freaks out at tiny animals. Well, coon hounds are known not to be very vocal. Yeah. They're very vocal. Yeah. So they tell you everything. Yeah, they do. All the time. <laughs> but he's a good dog. He just he doesn't like Things. Jeeps. Mm-hmm. Specifically Jeeps and these little automated cars in Providence called little roadies. Okay. That are kind of shaped like Jeeps. Okay. He hates those. Why? Why well, Jeeps? I don't I know because Evan has a Jeep and I think that Grady, that's the dog's name. Uh-huh. I think he thinks somebody's stealing his Jeep. Okay. And he sees one of those. So he like, just goes crazy? Yeah. He's like, what are you doing with my car? <laughs> hey, that's my Bring car, Bring my man. car back. And, or if it's those little roadies, he thinks that's his Jeep too. Yeah. Okay. Because the, the top of them are shaped the same. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so he, he was living in Hudson, now he lives in now Rhode Island. Now he lives in Providence. And what's he do there? What's he do? Well, he's working at a restaurant there. He's okay. a bartender yeah. at this vegetarian restaurant. Is he a vegetarian too? No. No, he eats meat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. He's an omnivore. He, he like, he, but he got away, and he got away from Wichita. And yeah. That's kind of, this is what he's doing right now. Yeah. And, you know, doing well. 
You went and visited him. I just got back a couple of weeks ago and saw him. Was it nice and cool there? We were wearing jackets at night. Oh, man. Yeah. And this is just two weeks ago. Yeah. Maybe three weeks ago. But maybe the winter's pretty cold. Well, they got a lot. When when they moved in in March, (laughs) they got like a 14-inch snow to help them move in. (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) You know, I love the cool in the summertime, but once it gets wintertime, I'm like, not so much. Not so much. I like... I like it when it gets super cold, like when it's 10 below zero mm-hmm. and the wind is blowing super hard and there's ice everywhere yeah. and it's reminding you that you need to stay alive. Yeah. I like that kind of cold. You do? Yeah. But not to be out in it, right? Oh, yeah. That's oh. like when you're on the verge of like, this weather can kill me. I've never felt so alive. Right. You know, it's like, because I must keep myself alive. I'm almost dead. Yeah. Yeah. So I love this. So <laughs> it's reminding you of your mortality. Yeah, and that's the kind of I, weather I like. I like food like that. Like well, the food worst that kind of weather. Cry. Is, yeah, I'm like I love this food. Me too. I don't know if you remember that Holmes salsa that was local around here, and I, they made yeah. this extra, extra, extra spicy. Yes, that I mean, it'll make you cry. Yeah, and like turn Just, red and flush. you pop the lid, yeah. and it'll make you if cry. You, you don't it, even put it yeah. in your mouth yet. It's like it's basically like pepper spray. Yeah. Only for chips. Yeah, only for chips. <laughs> Definitely. I love that place. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the worst kind of weather, it's like 70 degrees. Why? I mean, there's no challenge at all. There's no <laughs> There's no challenge That's my all. favorite, man. Just, I'm just out, like, oh, that's temperate. It's not. I'm a fair weather it person. <laughs> it doesn't hurt you. It doesn't remind you to drink water or it doesn't Nothing. remind you to yeah. put another coat on. No. You just, just, you could just. Be new. Like you forget it's there. Yeah. You forget it's there. And you can't appreciate it. Today I hate it. (laughs) You know what? It's hundred and two degrees outside today. It feels like one ten or something. Yeah. That That reminds you to stay alive. It's like you're walking around in a convection oven out there. Or a giant's mouth or something. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad out there. It's perfect. It's perfect for you. Love it. Yeah. That's good on the bones though, I must say. I'm always a fan of a hot sauna. Yeah. And that's what it reminds me of. I'm like, oh, my back's feeling better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my back. I don't feel a thing. And scrope belly has been going again. Oh yeah? Yeah. And and what version is that? Is that uh, It's me, John and Mitch. You John and Mitch. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw you guys play at um kirby's yeah that was fun yeah i bought a shirt it's a good shirt yeah nice shirt. soft shirt yeah love it <laughs> i'm all about those soft shirts now yeah. like the american apparel shirts with the they're so nice yeah. and they're a little smaller though um like when you wash them they kind of shrink up a little yeah. more so you got to get a size larger which i mean you can always just size up <laughs> so just wash them wash your shirts people it's nasty um <laughs> What else are you doing besides a few shows? And are you working at all? Are you doing no, any? Not, are you teaching at all? I'm not teaching or working. I'm just just kind of on retirement right now. Practicing my guitar yeah. and and writing some new stuff. You are? Yeah. Putting some new stuff together. Yeah. Uh, for yourself or or whatever. For whatever. I'm just yeah. trying to write a bucket full of songs that so when I practice with Split Lip, I can say, "Well, you think about this song." Or, yeah. You know, when I'm with Scroll Bell, I can be like, well, you think about this song. Right. So so you can pull out some new and stuff sometimes and keep your creativity going. Yeah, and sometimes I'll play the song with both of the, oh, pardon me, both of those bands to see which band it might work with best. Yeah. 
And you can do that as the writer. You can yeah. kind of be like, oh, that kind of sucked. Let's try something different. Or, or that really caught my ear. Let's do this more or something like exactly. that. So that's cool. So you're just kind of being artistic right now and seeing where the road takes you. Pretty much. All right. Have you ever been inspired by someone, and do you have a story about that? This was a, this was a very inspirational moment in the past couple of years. As Evan and I went to New York to go see Springsteen. Okay. And oh, it was just awesome. Yeah. The show was was fantastic. But at one part of the show, this like 10-year-old girl had this sign that said, I know every word to blinded by the light. Try me. Hmm. And so <laughs> Bruce reaches down, pulls this 10-year-old girl on stage, and then he starts playing Blinded by the Light real quiet. She's got this real quiet little voice. Mm-hmm. And everybody in the stadium just, Listen. it's just total silence. All you can hear is Bruce's guitar playing real quiet. And then she starts out, Madman, drummers, bummers, and Indians in the summer with a teenage diplomat. Real mm-hmm. quiet voice. And he's playing real quiet with her. The band's not playing. Mm-hmm. And then we get to, and everybody's just like, oh, just this, this like moment. Yeah. And then when it gets to the chorus, 20,000 people whisper, Blind. Cool. And it was just something. I mean, you could like, see chills on everybody. It was yeah. just this electric moment. That yeah, that's awesome. That's like uh, like you're all one thing during that time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of really inspiring as a as an artist that you could someday maybe shoot for. You know. Yeah, you could look out over the crowd. There were no cell phones out. There was no. You know, it was just. All these people in the moment, which is, seems rare these days. It does, yeah. So. But I really appreciate you coming. I appreciate and you having you're me. You're a wonderful guy, and I just love you so much. Well, you're wonderful. I love you back. All right. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Well, I, for one, really enjoyed talking with Wayne. And this it was the summer, and now it's the winter. And who knows? Things work out in such ways that we just never know. Um, I hope... Everything is well with everyone out there. Wayne, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Learned just a bunch and just like you even more now. So it's like I said, dislike. But I, I said I just like. Oh, God. All right, guys. Like, follow, catch a pocket. I hope you guys catch a pocket you can be proud of. Boom. Take us out with my very favorite song that Wayne wrote. Three, two, flute. Here we go. Yeah.